city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe. What a week three it was for the NFL. A lot happening, but there was a lot of, well, atrocity. And it's from three franchises, three of the proudest franchises in all of the NFL. New York Giants. Nothing to be proud of. Once proud franchises, I should probably say. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Chicago Bears. But of those three, which proud franchise is in the most trouble? Also, we talked about a possible NFC Championship preview early on in the season. Boy, oh boy, could we be saying back-to-back times that a team could be hosting the Super Bowl inside their stadium? Yes, the L.A. Rams. Also, the L.A. Chargers were an impressive victory, but the L.A. Rams – Boy, oh boy, they are an impressive, an impressive team right now as alongside with Matthew Stafford and McVay. It's a match made in heaven. And then let's not forget about, well, the Bronx Bombers. There is some good going on brewing in New York, and it's the New York Yankees right now, led by the Giancarlo Stanton. See, the most important player for the New York Yankees to succeed and possibly get to a much-needed World Series title. But let's talk about the atrocity we talked about it last week wasn't really surprising to see how the giants lost the way they did to the washington football team on thursday night well having a 10-day layoff we thought they'd be coming in motivated eli manning day all about captain e captain number 10 (laughs) and boy oh boy what else do we get to see from a team that is Probably just gave up 80 points in the past two games defensively in the Atlanta Falcons, a team that's desperately looking like they're going to be a top five team in the NFL draft. And what does the New York Giants come to do Sunday? They only score 14 points against that same defense that gave up one of the league worst 40 points coming into this game. Guys, we look at this game. We look at what's happened the past three weeks with the New York football Giants. Is there anything that surprises you about the start of this 2021 season? And what is next for the New York Giants? Surprise? A little bit. Because I this is their easiest three games of the season. Well, we had the assumption. Listen, there's no such thing as an easy game in the NFL. Let's get that straight, okay? Unless you're playing the New York Jets. But then again, teams probably say that about us and the New York Giants. Um, you know, Jeff, we looked at the schedule like, hey, there's a real possibility we can go forward too. But I just want to show these. So this, this is the first you one. Have, you got to have some hopes and dreams, right? It's a cry and shame. All right. Just, just bear with me for a second. Oh, yeah. What, what is that? I don't even get that. It's a crying shame. Yeah, that's all is going very wrong for Judge and his 0-3. That's the Giants. Then we got this one. Well, that I get. That's a little more total trash. Total trash. Okay, and then we're gonna finish off the last one. Monday morning blues. That's pretty good. That's pretty so, good. So we talked about it on Friday. Giants should win. 
Atlanta's giving up what? 20 and a half, 30 points a game. Giants should be able no, to. They were score. giving up 40 points a game in two games coming into this game. 40 points, the league worst. This, this Giant team. I mean, first of all, let's speak about how it wasn't on Fox. And it doesn't, matter. It doesn't matter. It's a good thing it wasn't. You didn't, we didn't miss anything. I Move really don't have I really don't, I really don't have words for this team. I can't really explain it. There is there is talent on this team. Dan, but this see this one kills me, okay? I'll just get into it all. Daniel Jones, he's like the only quarterback that I know that can throw for 266 yards and can't throw for a touchdown pass. Like I just I can't ex- understand and explain that. I just I, I can't fathom it. Then you look at the day, you lose two receivers from hamstring injuries. Darius Slayton goes down. Sterling Shepard goes down. Then we lose our captain, our middle linebacker, Blake Martinez, to a torn ACL. Evan Ingram gets booed off the field. John Merrill gets booed during halftime. I, I wouldn't have booed, but, you know, I, listen, I can understand New York fans' frustration. I mean, we're going to talk about with Yankees stuff later on. Trip, this is what the fifth straight season or third straight season of 0 and 3. It could be back to back seasons of 0 and 5. We looked at the schedule beforehand. We don't know where the wins are going to come from. I just I don't have an explanation of this team other than they are bad. My only analogy I could make is if you remember the movie Replacements and Jack Gene Hackman asks the guys, what are they what do they fear? And they're talking about spiders, they're talking about bugs, snakes, stuff like that. Keanu Reeves says quicksand. He's like, oh, yeah, quicksand. And he explains that the harder you try sometimes, the deeper you sink. And I'm going to give these guys credit. They're trying. They're playing. We're just sinking deeper and deeper because when you have a – when you lose like the Browns had for so many years and now the Giants are in that spectrum, you don't know how to get out of it. The crystal ball has to be completely sh- cracked. It can't be shook no more. It has to be cracked. And I think it starts from the mayors, their whole philosophy on drafting players, on the scouting department, enough with taking guys from, oh, well, they have a relationship with the giant mother, sister, brother, cousin, family, enough of the ghetto mans, enough of this. Think outside the box because it has not panned out for you for a decade right now. I still don't know if Joe Judge, I get the same stupid ass comments from, oh, yeah, we're playing hard, we're trying, we're there. I know we're not a bad team. No, you are a bad team because bad teams find ways to lose. Good teams find ways to win. And this team, week in and week out, finds ways to lose. Trev, you told me Andrew Thomas is playing good. Congratulations, that's great. I don't want to say this, but the Giants might have to think about throwing the trash throwing the trash out, and that means cleaning out, and that means John Mayer reportedly punched or kicked the trash can over after the game, so. I I look at, like, the Cowboys. Maybe there's a reason why Jason Garrett's not their offensive coordinator no more, all right? And maybe the best move that the Dallas Cowboys made in the offseason was signing Dan Quinn, because when he was actually a defensive coordinator, he was a great defensive coordinator. Some guys are coordinators. Some guys are head coaches. There's a difference. Dan Quinn has improved that Dallas defense a hell of a lot better than it was last year, and you could see it by, based on their effort. This giant defense is no longer good. They're they're not bad, but they're no good. They still have liabilities. They can't capitalize on turnovers, and their offense is pedestrian. You let off the show with Trev, 14 points, one touchdown. 
two field goals against the Atlanta Falcons, who had given up almost 40 points a game in the past two games. There is an internal issue with this Yankee, I mean, this giant team, and I don't know how to correct it other than clean house, and I mean go off the reservoir. Clean house and start totally scratch. Look for a Sean McVay. Look for a young guy. Look for an innovative guy because what you've been doing has not worked. Listen, when the Giants said they had hired the special teams coordinator of the New England Patriots, I, I, I told you guys I didn't love that, and I, and I haven't loved it, and I don't like this guy, Jason Garrett. I, I don't, I don't know how this guy's employed. The only guy I th- there's two people in the NFL who I think are less employable. One is Matt Nagy. And the other one's Adam Gase. I think these guys, when it comes to coaching, are not good at it. Yeah, I'm, There's levels of coaching, and this is the big boy level, and those guys don't have what it takes. To hear Joe Judge talk every week like everything is fine and everything's going to work out, and then to watch, I mean, again, th- to see the Giants lose a game by a point, it, 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 it felt like they were going to lose – for most of the game. I knew they were going to lose to Washington, even when they went up 29-27. Why we continue to do that, you know, let's not eat up any clock. Let's score, and let's let's just give the other team the ball with about a buck 30, buck 40, see if they can't run their two minutes of perfection while we sit back at a prevent. We've been doing this since 2002. You guys remember the game at, at Candlestick Park? The Terrell Owens scoreboard game with Strahan? We've been doing this ever since. You get a lead. You don't try to score more because the Giants don't have any concept that it's this is a 30-point league. You got to score 30 points to win in the NFL. You do now. And and the Giants cannot even come close I to think, that. I think, I think, that, is a, that is a two- to three-week sum total of Giant games, 30 so points. To add to your point, it's, it's, it's the past two weeks what we've seen is more of just – a conservative approach instead of being aggressive where last week giants get the turnover. Bradbury gets the turnover inside the 20 inside the, I think 15 yard line or definitely the 20 yard line and they don't do nothing with the ball. They just play conservative this week, fourth and three inside your end at the 39 yard line, Atlanta's 39 and we punt the ball. It's just like, you got to stop. This is like kind of just reminds me of like the analytics BS in baseball. Sometimes it's like, well, if we punt it and we get them into the 20-yard line, we have a better chance of stopping them and having them go down to a field goal. No. Sometimes well, like, there's a reason. Well, like Teddy was saying, too, listen, you don't have the 86 Giants defense. No, but that's what I'm saying also. And then this is a, a defense that is time and time again proven if you give them a chance to blow it, they will do it. So why they constantly fall back on that, I don't know. I, I, to watch the Giants is to, like, watch Groundhog's Day. The Bill Murray movie. I know it's like the same damn thing every single week. And I sit there and I'm like, how are they going to lose? How are they going to blow this game? And then there's that moment could be mid third quarter. Usually it's, it's either mid to late fourth quarter. The giants don't know how to win. It's a decade of loserdom. And I and I don't know how you shake out of this thing. And that's the thing that's frustrating. You see how the way they the the past two games, the way they tried to finish the games. And you look at teams like the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Chargers this week specifically, going for it on fourth and three inside their own thirty-five yard line, 
they went for it still. Is it's still, I always try to relate it back. Is it just trust? Do you not have the no, no, it's coaching. It's a hundred percent. It's just to see all this going on the same two weeks. Well, Andy, and Andy Reid ran, ran Matt Moore on a fourth and three in a friggin' playoff game. And, and think about this they're the first team to lose on back to back field goal, game winning field goals, the first team in the past 15 years. Trev, I talked to dad about this. This league is about coaching. As much people want to say talent, it's coaching. I look at the Bills for a perfect example because you were talking about the Rams. Don't talk about the Rams and Chiefs. They're all they're in a whole different spectrum. They're in a different universe than the Giants will ever be oh, right now. I know, I know because you sent a great video this morning on what Lawrence Tynes was talking about about where how the Rams handle things where they disregard first round ta- first round picks because everyone thinks these first round picks. You don't know what you're going to get, but I know what I can get. If I go get Jalen Ramsey, I know what I'm going to get when I get Matthew Seraphim. I've seen what he's already wanted. It's more about in the sense of just play calling where like a team like the Chargers going for it on fourth to three and you see the Giants. Who's their coach? Who's their coach? Brian Staley, a young, innovative defensive mind who had the best defense for the LA Rams last year. He's not even, I think he's my age, Trev. And he's coaching the charge. And you could see just in the past three weeks what a different team they are. They don't make the simple mistakes, even though Dallas found a way to beat them last week. Here's my thing with Judge. Joe, we talked about it last week. I think we might even talk. He's supposed to be a disciplinarian, right? That's what you heard in, in with spring practice or the you know practice with you make mistakes, we're going to run. Well, they had another eight turnovers. You know, Trevor, I was reading the thing I told you before you were saying. Second goal on the first drive, open drive. We get a sack. Eight-yard loss, field goal, missed opportunity there. First and 10 on the lane of 17, Jones fumbles a snap because of lack of concentration. 11-yard loss, field goal again. Jones on the third and 10, Barkley races down the sideline for a 20-yard gain. Will Hernandez downfield, ineligible downfield, takes a big play back. The missed opportunities, the three dropped interceptions when you could have ended the game, the... The personal foul by Xavier McKinney at the end of the half to give to extend the drive of 15-yard penalty so the Falcons can score. The 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 punt at the end of the game by Judge to call timeout while the clock is running. Where and then Dixon kicks the ball in the end zone. They get the ball at the 20-yard line. Why are we unusing timeouts? Another unsuccessful challenge review by Judge. This is a bad team. This is a very bad team, and I'm telling you now, you think I think they have an opportunity to maybe scrape a couple games up because that's what the Giants are. You said they're possibly 0-10. November 2nd is the trade deadline. Barkley should be on the trade deadline, and I can't believe I'm even thinking about that because I truly love him. Like, as a player, like, he, just someone I really enjoy, a Jersey Giant. We're not going to win with him. Right now, this team has other flaws. And you'd be like, well, what are you going to get better than? And here's the other thing. Look at Evan Ingram. The man just came back from injury. He fumbles the ball and the crowd boos him. They booed him when he walked off the field. They yeah. cheered him. Excuse me. They cheered him when he walked off the field. The when can the last up. time you remember a player as he gets substituted for, gets cheered for because they got taken out? Can you think of it? Probably the guy that we're going to talk about later on in our segment on the New York Yankees, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, in a little while. But I'm glad you brought up the. I want to stick to the Giants because, yes, they've been they've been the definition of garbage, laughable, for the past ten years. The, the 
the New York sports, other than the Buffalo Bills or football teams, I should say, minus the Buffalo Bills, have been laughing stocks, and they're fighting currently right now for the one and two pick, and that's what it seems like. But I also wanted to bring into this segment two other proud franchises that look like they're in a heap of trouble for different reasons. We just talked about the New York Giants. Three, Two of the other teams, these are three of the original six teams in the NFL, and it's the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I wanted to talk about these, and I know there's a lot of there was a lot of great that happened in the in NFL this weekend. The, obviously, the Chargers, an incredible win in Arrowhead. The Rams, we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But I really wanted to talk about these three teams because you look at the directions of these three teams, and you're saying all have head head scratching decisions to make, and you're figuring out what the hell is going on with them. What the hell do they want to do? Well, we just talked about the Giants. The Giants are on the verge of maybe imploding and blowing everything up and going major, major changes from, from top to bottom. No, we just did this the Bears are in a situation where they're trying to get their quarterback, it seems like, killed after their offensive line has got awful. And Matt Nagy still, Joe, I'm glad you brought up his name earlier, still has a job today. And then another team is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who kind of remind me of the New York Giants just a few years back, trying to draft a, a running back with an aging quarterback that we know is past his prime. With a terrible offensive line, a solid defense, yes, but in today's league, and we've already talked about it, you can have a solid defense. You don't have an offense. It's not going to take you very far in this league. You'll get you to the playoffs. You're going to win a championship. So all these three teams have major question marks. Can I go first? Yeah, on the, it could be on the verge of, of something very bad, something tragic happening for all these three franchises. But to see these three franchises that are some of the proudest in the game, to you, Ted, we tell, we're all Giants fans, but who do you think is the most in trouble? This is easy for me. I was th- thinking about how I wanted to answer while you were talking. It's the Giants. It's easily the Giants. The Giants have been a disgrace for the past 10 years. Disgrace okay. since they won the Super Bowl in 2011. The Bears and the Steelers have been playoff teams. I truly believe that the Bears will be okay if they go find or the right coach. Matt Nagy's not the right coach, bro. I think, they have, he is freaking garbage. I think their defense, it, they played in a, as hard as they possibly could against the Browns this week. But when your offense totals up 48 yards of total offense, the, Justin Tucker's field goal was 14 yards longer than your total offense in the game. That's a problem. Matt Nagy, when you go in and tell me all three quarterbacks are up for the starting job this week, that's a problem. When can you ever remember a coach saying, what do you need to know in a week of practice that you didn't know for the last three months? They should bring okay. back Sid Luckman. So I look at the Bears and I go, all right, they still got a they got a foundation. They got a defense. They have offensive players in Allen Robinson, David Montgomery. Get them the right coach, okay? Get them the right coach. You got a young quarterback, and you could see things turn around really fast for them. The Steelers, here's the problem with the Steelers. They have an aging quarterback. They have a great defense. They have playmakers on the outside. They have a stud young running back. They just need to find a young quarterback. But think about this. When have you ever not have faith in the Steelers? Their, their, their organization from top to bottom, you have faith in Mike Tomlin to always turn things down, turn the right way. And you have faith in their drafting of finding players and, and finding the right pieces. So, yes, right now, the offensive line stinks. Big Ben is aging. By far. 
Yes. But you asked me the question, what proud fans is most? It's the Giants. Where do you see hope for the Giants? You're not totally sure Daniel Jones is the future. You still have questions marked on the offense line. You still have question marks on the defense because they can't capitalize and they can't rush the passer, which is the most valuable part of the defense in the NFL. You don't have to have a great secondary if you can go sack the quarterback. All right? And we have question marks through coaching, scouting, ownership, cheapness, everything. At least you can have faith and go look at the Steelers organization and say, you know what? They'll find a way to turn around. They have been. When's the last time the Steelers have been bad for for an extended amount of period? And the Bears, as bad as the Bears were even last year with Mitchell Trubisky, they still made the playoffs. Let me clear up something you just said. You said the Bears are a playoff team. The Bears have made the playoffs 12 times since the 1985 Super Bowl. They've made the playoffs three times since 2010. They haven't had a quarterback since Sid Luckman, ever. Jim McMahon was not a good quarterback. Anybody who thinks he was, go look up his numbers. He was adequate. He had the greatest running back of all time behind him and a historically good defense. The Bears are garbage. They've been garbage. They shouldn't have made the playoffs any of the years they made the playoffs. That was, to me, more uh, uh, the rest of the division weaker that year. Listen, Mitchell Trubisky wasn't the issue there. I said it all last year, Mitchell Trubisky wasn't the problem. But now you you you, you put Justin Fields in there. Every, I don't know what people thought was going to happen. Don't you think, I mean, though, look, Joe, if they had the right coach, like, uh, the, like if they had no, – sure, again, they haven't had the right coach since 1985. But yep. also to add to the point, it, too. You think the Giants – I mean, I was talking to a Bears fan on Monday. I had, had, had a coffee Monday morning with a Bears fan. He's like, this is stunningly unbelievable. That, that I mean, for a franchise that's never had a 4,000-yard passer – uh, can you imagine that? I it, said, when was the last time you had a great running back? Matt Forte, nine good years. Other than that, the, here's the, th- the, here's the, the thing. The, to the, Bears, the Bears don't generally have talent on offense, and they usually have a pretty decent defense. The years when they can create turnover, turnovers, they'll get into the postseason if they have an even somewhat adequate offense. They were here's the last year. That's what you about that. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter who the coach – I mean, the coach, yes, ha- has – plays a big part in all of this. Oh, absolutely. But when your quarterback is getting sacked eight or nine times, it, the offensive line is – Yeah, crazy. but that comes down to coaching. I know. But, the know? Offensive, but still, you can coach – 22 out of 30 times, yeah, Trev, you, they ran five-man protection. I, I didn't say – I wasn't – I'm agreeing to your point. I understand that, that the coach plays a big part. But when your offensive line is as atrocious as it, as it is, it doesn't matter. Their offensive line is a major, major glaring weakness. And it's going against the defensive line, one of the better defensive lines in the game. They made Miles Garrett, for what he is, which is an all-pro, dominate literally by himself. Took him behind the woodshed by himself and beat up on the entire Bears offensive line. Justin Fields was in no room to succeed, and no game plan was going to succeed on Sunday. They got to figure out a new coach. They got to figure out a new coach situation and the offensive line. They desperately need to go find offensive line help because if not, Justin Fields is going to have a very short career. And that would have been for any of these rookie quarterbacks. And I know we've had a serious conversation about this because the rookie quarterbacks have, have not looked all so great. They've had their moments, but they all have had moments. They're like, okay, that's why they're rookies. Maybe they're not ready. 
But if Justin Fields, if this offensive line doesn't get repaired, I don't care who, what quarterback, I don't care if Mac Jones is there, I don't care if Trevor Lawrence is there, their offensive line, he will not be playing for long if that offensive line is not repaired. Go ask Andrew Luck. Go on, Joe. Yeah, uh, it's kind of what my point was going to be. I mean, again, you know, you as a rookie are, you know, I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I mean, for anybody who thought what they draft Trevor Lawrence and good things are going to happen, it's not how football works, unfortunately. You know, same thing. There's the very Jets. few guys that can come in the league and take over. Andrew Luck was one of them. Yeah. All right. I mean, there's, listen, there might be, I mean, the great Troy Aikman, Peyton Manning, their rookie seasons. Trevor Lawrence like tied like consecutive interceptions in the first three six, games. He's got six picks already. So I mean, Joe, you're a hundred percent right to think of a rookie kid. That's why I'd say coaching matters because look at the improvement from Josh Allen's rookie season to now where we are. Right? You're like, what is Josh Allen rookie season to like last year? This I mean, it's coaching. It all has to do with coaching. Look what Sean McDermott did. And here's another thing. Offensive coordinator, Brian Gable, has been with him since day one for Josh Allen. They have built a chemistry. They are phenomenal. Kellen Moore, phenomenal offensive coordinator, has built a great chemistry with Dak Prescott. I look, You look at where Eric Bieniemy, Mahomes since day one, built that chemistry. They are phenomenal. You, you look at where – I mean, this is part of the reason. Now, Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. He don't need a – quarterback coach but remember how pissed he was when he lost his quarterback coach that's why it's about finding the right offensive coordinator the right quarterback coach to work with these guys that's what the, the Bears thought when they brought Matt Nagy in for the Chiefs sorry maybe it was more Andy Reid than Matt Nagy sorry sorry Joe. Finish finish your point Joe um, yeah I guess uh I don't know I don't know if I have any more points to be made here I think I just think listen the Bears are a dumpster fire so who do you think uh, is more in trouble, the Giants or Bears? Because I think we all agree. The Bears. Sure. I mean, what do the the Bears don't have anything? They don't have any real pieces. I mean, again, listen, Justin Fields is is great, and and if they get an offensive line and they get him someone to hand a ball off to, and someone that can catch slants and a tight end and a deep threat, like dude, I mean, they need like a hundred draft picks yeah. to get everything that they need. But they have the a Giants better defense. The, listen, the Giants, on the other hand. Saquon Barkley said this yesterday. There's no bad teams in the NFL. And he's wrong. I mean, because the Giants are a bad team in the well, NFL. The Jets are, I don't know if he's – he must have not watched the Jets so far this season too. Here's the bad. thing. The Giants are the, – the Giants are as close as Joe Judge says. The thing is, is he's the guy that's supposed to get them to get over that hump. And he's failing miserably. If I'm Joe Judge on Sunday, I don't want my defense back on that field. Hold on. Let me let me ask you this, Joe. I want to ask you this, and then we'll get into the Rams. Is it Judge that is getting forced to try to clean up the mess that the Mirrors and Gettleman have started, and even Jerry Reese, I should say, have started, and they're trying to put the pressure on him to try to solve all that? He's supposed to be Belichick and just – put all the pieces back together like that. Are we, I know people are getting frustrated with judge and for good for reason, but is, is he, are we putting too much pressure on judge in the sense of he's supposed to, he's supposed to fix this mess that we've been talking about for the past 10 years. Joe judge has only been there for two, for a year and a half. We have to remember this has only been a year and a half before then the giants were just as bad, if not worse as it is now. 
Here's the problem. Let me explain. Listen, they were worse because they were getting they were getting destroyed at at the end of the year. We told me they had an identity. They were going into we had some sort of direction. But what was the year uh, the the year they got rid of Eli Apple and Jenkins got suspended? Remember that the three blowouts in a row? That was was the year that that was Shermer's years. Yeah, yeah, no, that was the year. No, that was McAdoo's year. That was the year that the Giants were supposed to be one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl because they made the playoffs the can, previous year and sure. everybody was high on them. And they finished. Can I answer your question? Finished three and thirteen. Finished three. Can I answer your question? It is Judge's job to clean up because I, while you guys are talking, I'm going. Let's think of the teams, guys. Let's think of bad teams that have been better, right? Let's think about the Buffalo Bills who have been god awful. Sean McDermott, turn around. Let's think about the Miami Dolphins, okay? Okay, I'm but, not, no, no, hold on. I'm not saying the Dolphins are a Super Bowl caliber team, but don't you look at the Dolphins as a Dolphin fan and say, I have a little bit more faith with Brian but Ford. Also, but you also got to take into consideration, too. I know we're talking, we're, we're going to get into the Rams, I, I promise you, but you also got to take into consideration they hit on draft picks. Like they, I mean, the Tua situation, Sander. We just talked about it. Mac no, Jones. No, 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 Jeff, no, he's just, that's just a joke. He's he's being sarcastic, but here, listen, here's the thing. You, the, the hypothetical game is stupid. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't, I don't if like. Ted was three, he could have been well, in the NFL. Yeah, if this guy was here, everything would be. You don't know that. You don't. I mean, again, if if Haskins and Daniel Jones had had gone in reverse order, would 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 Haskins be um a, a great New York Giant quarterback? Would he have led them to the playoffs? Maybe. Who knows? But we don't me, know how it would have worked out. All we know is is what happened. I get drafted. You're on the team you're on with the coach you're on. You're either going to make something of it or you're going to be out of the league in four years. And Take that's what pick. I'm trying to say is that let's think about it. You just named a couple teams, Ted. Well, they've also hit on their draft picks. I mean, well, I, 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 no, you, I agree. you tell me realistically the last time the Giants hit on a draft pick. Trev, I, oh, uh, Trev, I, that's part of the problem I have with this giant team. The I'm organization. Talking about, I'm talking listen, about not like seventh round. Six no, round listen, pick, no I I'm, know that. I'm talking about a first round pick. Because is, it the majority... is it Eli? Well, here's the thing. The Giants have better players. Eli. Listen, the Giants have oh, God, 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 duh. <laughs> The Giants drafted better. They drafted Michael Stray. They drafted Justin Tuck. They drafted, drafted OCU Minor. They drafted Matthias Kiwanuka. They drafted certain players. They drafted JC Seahorn. They drafted Jeremy Shockey. They hit on picks. That's the difference. I was thinking before, even the Browns, Stefanski, they got great personnel. You could say, yeah, he, it's a walk of the draw. He's got great offensive line, but they drafted well. They had the right coach, though. They had the same players with the coaches before, and the coach before couldn't win game with them. I still say, I'm going to go. Ryan Flores Sean McDermott found a way to win. The Rams were awful with Jeff Fisher. Remember? Jeff, Jared Goff couldn't play a lick of football. All of a sudden, Sean McVay came in, and they were back I'm to right. I'm still riding with Judge. Listen, call call John, uh, call uh, Jim Harbaugh. Call someone. Call someone. Because if Joe Judge can't get it fixed, I don't want to hear it. No more. So, it's your job as the head to coach. Listen, it's your job as the head coach to find ways to get wins. Be better, all right? Don't don't tell me there's no bad teams. There are bad teams, but bad there's two teams find ways to win. Bad teams find ways to lose. If you're disciplined, you don't make mistakes. You don't have eight penalties. You don't turn the ball over. You don't go off sides when you know he's kicking a field well, that's, goal. That's you all capitalize on interceptions when they hit you in the hands. Well, that's his fault. Joe Judge is supposed to be in Adoree Jackson's hands. Trev, 
good teams find ways to win. Well, I know that, but it's the Giants. Well-disciplined, well-coached teams don't drop surefire interceptions in the end zone. They run that thing back 105 yards, and they seal the goddamn win. That's well, what they do. Well, they're so this all does. This all falls on Joe Judge. Open up the goddamn offense. Let Daniel Jones show you what he's got. You got 14 games to prove any of you belong there now. 14 games. Go I'm for sorry. it on every fourth down. I don't want to see another punt the rest of the friggin' season. You I got nothing to lose. I the only it. thing you've got to gain is not going 0-17. Because when I you keep playing not to win, you don't win. I love it. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still riding with Judge because I think it's a com. I think it's a combination of everything. It's a combination of terrible drafting, the Giants just finding guys, former former players or former people in the staff that let's just hire guys like that. They need to go outside the box and they need to go all in and make moves like that. Jason Garrett, his time has come. They got to move on. Dave Gettleman, your time has come. They got to move on. It's not working. They need something new. And that's why I'm still right. I'm going to still ride with Judge. But speaking of going all in and thinking outside the box, well, there was an NFC Championship preview game this past Sunday. And let me just say, there were a lot of touchdowns in this game by the Matthew Stafford, the new look Matthew Stafford, the new look Los Angeles Rams. And maybe, just maybe, ladies and gentlemen, we could be seeing back to back seasons with a home team representing or playing in their own stadium and the LA Rams finally take down the champs. The champs have finally lost the game since last year. They're they, take, they beat them up last year too, Trev. Well, they beat them last they year. They haven't too. lost. The Buccaneers haven't lost since oh, last year. That's what you're saying. Have finally come to a, they finally have lost the game. But we were just talking about the Giants and not being aggressive and not making moves. And you look at this team like the Rams. The Rams, we go to complete opposite side of the field, and we could say a team that has made all-in moves. They don't care about draft picks. They don't have a draft pick until, well, hopefully by then in the next five years. Well, maybe I would have – maybe I'll be married by then. Who knows? Maybe Ted will be married by then when the next time the L.A. Rams have a draft pick, first-round draft pick. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, had to, I just had to get it in. But that's the difference between teams that make moves like that, like the Kansas City Chiefs have done it. And the L.A. Chargers making a big call, bold call this week, giving the ball to their quarterback, their franchise quarterback, and taking a chance on fourth and three and getting the ball, getting the first down. The Buffalo Bills trading up to, or I think they traded up, yes, traded up to go get Josh Allen because they saw a golden opportunity, a franchise-altering, changing player. And that's why teams like the Bills, like the Chiefs, like the Rams, and maybe, just maybe, the L.A. Chargers – will be in situations where they'll be playing a later in the Sundays in the season and later into next year, while teams like the Giants are going to be watching already. And, well, it's not even October, guys, and we're already talking about what's next for the New York Giants. Well, the Rams to finally have put on all display, well, they're legit. And I know me and Joe both said that the Bucs, we, we picked the Bucs to win this. I wasn't going to go against Brady. I wasn't. That's fine. I still think the Rams are going to be amazing. I think the Rams are going to be a great team. They're one of my teams that I thought. And they have go. matched up very well with Tampa the last yes. two seasons in Sean McVay's defense and offense. But has- I'm not even talking about the NFC. Have the Rams become the favorite right now on September 28th, currently in the NFL? Yes. 
Absolutely. I'm going to use Ryan Clark's words. They have guys on that football field. They have guys. If you know what I mean is they have studs. They have Jalen Ramsey. When he looks against anyone on the other side, he goes, I got you. It doesn't matter who he's facing. I got you. Aaron Donald is a beast. There is no, there is, there's no one in comparison in the NFL as a, as a defense lineman to him. They're the best team in football. They have the, one of the best coaches. And now, for the first time, they have, the, they have a stud quarterback. They have a quarterback that I told you that was great, just could never prove it because he played for a sad-ass organization who doesn't know how to win. That's the Detroit Lions. It's amazing when you change your scenery how great a player is looked at when he gets the right coaching and the right personnel. Do you realize that the Rams pay like five guys like 75% of the salary cap and the rest are – most of their money, they have $67 million put in through their quarterbacks because they're still paying Jared Goff's contract and they're paying Matthew Stafford. They paid Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is a stud, Okay. He can stay healthy. He's he's been Aaron Donald now is he was, but now is the third highest paid defensive player in the league. But doesn't matter. He's he's we know what he is. And Jalen Ramsey's the, the highest paid cornerback or was the highest paid cornerback in football. So you think about that. Majority of their salary is built on their quarterback, the two receivers, and the two defensive players. And then they have a bunch of other fill-in spots, but coaching, they have all the pieces to win a Super Bowl. Think about this. They made it to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford is so much better than Jared Goff. And it's not that he's just better. He's just more talented. You know, like, in everything that he does, his footwork, his ability to stretch the field, deep, middle, short game, you have a coach that puts him – this is like – where you know all the answers. There, You don't have to give the shortcuts with Jared Goff as a quarterback. You can open the full playbook up and have everything. And then they have the defense to match up with anyone. That's why this game against Arizona this week is going to be another classic. Two teams that are 3-0, Kyle Murray and Matthew Stafford right now, with the adding of, excuse me, Josh Allen, should be 1-2-3 and three in the MVP race. Maybe you want to throw Brady in there as well. But... This right now is the best team in week three. We know how we know how this goes because we did this last year when Trev, you were like, who's gonna win the Super Bowl in week eight or nine? And we're like, ah, and we didn't even think Tampa Bay except for you. Thought Tampa Bay was the team. Things could change, but right now the Rams look like the best team. And it's because of Matthew Stafford why they are considered the best team in football. Joseph. Trent Dilfer and Joe Namath won Super Bowls. So sometimes Crap happens, if you know what I mean. Uh, He's more talented than both of them. I'm just saying, like, the the right place, right time. Uh, You know, you never never know. You're starting to see, though, obviously, uh, because I was one of those people who thought the the difference between Goff and Stafford was minimal, Uh, and it clearly isn't. It's clearly clearly, uh, a a level or two higher than I had had thought. Um, and I'm when I, but I, at the time I said, he's got to show me if he shows me, he could do it. Uh, and if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And you just did that. So check and check. So, so did you win your fantasy game because of Matthew Stafford this week? Uh, yes, I did. He's great. He's great. <laughs> yeah, he's man. great now. Look at him. Hey, Joe. He's like, he stinks. 
Joe, Joe, what was our bet? Because you might have to pay up by Thanksgiving because Matthew Stafford right now is averaging about 300 some yards and four touchdowns a game. Yeah, hold on. I'll look <laughs> hold on. So I remember what the stat – hold on. You guys keep talking. I'll look that up first. I don't know if you guys – anybody see Jace Garcia's head, by the way? Yeah. What was, the bet? What, was the bet? Yeah, what was the bet? What was the bet? I said on throwing jabs, I said – Oh, my God. I, I have the bet. The I have the I bet. Said, I said – Teddy, I said if, if – uh, Alexander Volkanovsky loses to Brian Ortega. I'll shave my head. And he jumped in on it. He's like, all right, I'll take that bet. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm that was so a classic, certain. That was a classic I, fight. Dude, let me tell you something. They could fight that 10 more times. Volkanovsky wins every time. He's just a better fighter than Ortega. I explained that to Jace for like 10 minutes, and he took that. He jumped in on the bet and lost. And now he's got a shaved head. I love it. Hold on. I just, came, I just came up with my thing. So the loser of this best has to shave their head. No, we had a bet, I thought. You had no bet. bet. You had no bet. You guys were going to think about it. I, oh, made wait, it. I guess, no, yeah, because, we had no because we no, no, you guys didn't make a bet. So, Ted, you made the bet for me and Joe last year. I'm making well, the bet for this one. Chubb, you didn't even – first of all, you haven't worn – Yeah, because I'm in another state. I'm still waiting for Joe to the, the freaking that. Joe. Joe, when he comes up in November, you give him the shirt. We'll stop at the oh, house. I we'll will. get a pizza. You give the shirt. I'll, I'll wear we'll it. Take a I'll bunch wear of it and I'll take a picture one day. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's it. But hold on. I'll show his stats right now. Currently, has gone as um, he's got 942 yards, and he's got nine touchdowns. Stats so were 4,500 yards and 34 touchdowns. Joe, you should shave your head. This should be the bet. That should be the bet. I make the rules now. Look at me. I'm the captain. Listen, I, I, I take bets I'm going to win. You know what I mean? Jeff, how about you shave your head? BS. This I'm not making no bets. I lose. I lose. I lost to Jack. I lost to you. I lost to Frank. I lose all my bets. I'm done betting. I'm a degenerate loser better. <laughs> Unlike Eddie freaking Mush. They call me Trev Mush. <laughs> they call me Trev Mush. But no. All kidding aside, the Rams look legit. Matthew Stafford looks legit. Sean McVay in that combo, boy, oh, boy, that's a special, special combo right there. I wouldn't mind seeing a, a little different of Buffalo Bills versus um, the L.A. Rams. Josh Allen playing out of his mind right now. What about an all-L.A. Super Bowl? I mean, sign me up. I would. That stadium is gorgeous. You know what? Herbert, Herbert versus Stafford, Joe's two favorites. Uh, listen, but uh, right here's the thing, though, right? You when you can target the guy you want, like Sean McVay's, like get me Stafford. I can do that guy. I can make this thing work with this guy. Mahomes and Reed. When when you uh, Allen and 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 the Bills there. When you pick the see the Giants' philosophy is best available player. Yeah. And I yeah, it's I always, never it's always, understood it's always that. Like, like find a guy you like. Think about and try to build because right as you start to develop your free agency plan, if you're just taking next available, like maybe he doesn't fit. Joe, you remember the last time the Giants did that kind of situation? Ernie, of course, he said, "Get me Eli Manning." That worked out for the Giants. Maybe this is telling you. Target your guy. Take a pay. Target your guy. Speaking of a guy that's man on target right now and maybe the hottest hitter in all of baseball. And yes, there is a lot 
of fun happening in New York. It's no, it might not be in the gridiron, but it is on the diamond. And boy, oh boy, we talked about it on Friday. The New York Yankees had a do or die series going to Fenway, possible matchup of where they could be going into the wild card game or they could be hosting it. Well, after this weekend, they look like they could be hosting it. All depends on another huge weekend or another three-game series against those Toronto Blue Jays. But boy, oh boy, the Yankees, the way they did it, clutch hitting, the solid pitching. I know there were some hiccups in those games, but boy, oh boy, I'm going to keep saying it. Any Yankee fan that wants to boo this man for the rest of his tenure, screw yourself because you got issues. This man might be the hottest hitter in baseball that is going into meaningful baseball too. Joey Votto's been playing out of his mind. Bryce Harper's been playing out of his mind. But this guy, John Carlos Dan, what he did this weekend against those Red Sox, the moments that he delivered for the Bronx Bombers. Guys, we talk a lot about Aaron Judge, and he had a fantastic weekend as well too. I'm not going to take away from what Judge has done. But we got to think about it. What John Carlos Stan, when he's healthy, what he did last postseason for the Yankees, carrying that offense to almost literally carrying them to a game five and hopefully was hoping to get by the Tampa Bay Rays. We know what happened. But, guys, should we start considering that John Carlos Stan maybe the best and most important player on the New York Yankees? Because we got to also take into consideration when Brian Cashman made this trade, we were getting the NL MVP. We were getting a guy that's a top five player in the game at the time. I think we're starting to see John Carlos Stanton finally get into his zone, finally get into the groove of things. In situations like that in the past, we've seen Stanton fail. And he came up clutch, not once, but twice, and hitting balls out of this world. No doubters. Is he the most important, and I'll go even more, slash best player on the New York Yankees right now for them to succeed this year? Sure, if I told you the best player was Judge, I think because you got to add Judge's defense into the equation. But I think you're right. I'm, I think you're right. you hit a point where Stan might be the most important player. But I did. I want to bring up one quick thing because I know I'm on a time restraint. I think the most important for the Yankees play, the most important player the Yankees have right now is Anthony Rizzo. And it's not. And it's not to this question. It's Stan. But the reason why I say that is because if it wasn't for Anthony Rizzo's trade. Alex Cora doesn't bring in the lefty to face Rizzo, which means he leaves the righty in against Stan. Because if you think about this Yankee lineup, was before the trade down was righty, 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 righty. Now throwing Rizzo in between Judge and Stan, you have to figure out what you're going to do. You're going to play the and Alex Cora, which is surprising, he didn't play the numbers. Rizzo hits 100 points higher against lefties than he does against righties, which is remarkable. He brought the lefty in. He walks up or hits Rizzo in the leg. He has to face three batters, which means in the old days, he would have never had to face Stan. Now Stan, who crushes lefties, faces the lefty and puts the ball into the next atmosphere. But Stan, though, you are right to the point. He is the most important player. You see how good he is and what he does in the game. He changes the game drastically. This is why you do pay a man $323 million, why he why he's worth every penny. I will say this so Joe can get to his point. The Yankees' starting pitchers have allowed three runs or fewer in 62 of their past 73 games and two runs or fewer in 50 of them. 
So the pitching has been a viable point. Listen, this whole team is an important part. Every part of this team is important. Chapman's important because you have to be able to close the game out, and he looks like he's he's back where he needs to be. Garrett Cole, phenomenal ace Friday night, took care of business. And then, like you said, Stan, I mean, you, you're possibly right because Stan just took over the whole series. If it wasn't for Stanton this year, they'd probably lose two out of three. I was wondering. And he took over the series by two swings of the bat. Sunday night with the Grand Slam. Or, and, Saturday night and Saturday was a Grand Slam. Saturday night was a Grand Slam. And, and then Sunday night after Judge rips one in the gap, he puts one down lands down straight right through their rear ends. What was, um if you remember, if you have the stats for Stanton this weekend. Three home runs, 10 RBIs. I think he batted seven three for, Seven for 12. Three homers, ten ribbies, yeah. and, and, and two hits in every single game, uh, which is even more remarkable. And and I'll answer this question. I think the guys you're paying seven hundred million dollars to combine Stanton and Cole are your number one and number two guys. I love Aaron Judge, and he's the heart and soul of this team. But the two most important guys, and the two guys that need to deliver between now and the end of the season, and then throughout the postseason, again, the seven hundred million dollar babies that you went out and got. Stanton and Cole really have to earn their money uh, and they're going to have to play out of their mind. Stanton's already on his way. Here's another point I'd like to make. Listen, 19 and 20, obviously he played 19 and 23 games. Frustrating, especially in the wake of Jacob Bellsbury. But in 2018, this guy was an animal and he was an animal in the postseason. And this season, uh, when he plays full seasons, he's one of the best players in the game. It's the reason I've never been down on Giancarlo Stanton. I hate that he's out a lot, but I need this guy healthy because when he is, he's one of the best. Dude, that ball he hit out of Fenway Park Which on one? Sunday night. I swear to God. Which one are you talking about? The the the, the home run on Sunday night baseball. Well, that is, that is 440. I have never seen a ball sail out of Fenway. I mean, I've been watching the Yankee game since 1978. I have never seen a ball sail out of Fenway Park like that as fast on a, I mean, I can't even, I mean, that might have, that legit might have landed on the parkway. So, Joe, here's the numbers. Saturday night's home runs was 452 feet at 114.1 miles an hour. I memorized this because I shared you guys like an animal because I was screaming my brains out. Saturday's nights was 448 feet, 116 miles an hour. It didn't matter. I think the ball went farther than 450 feet. Saturday nights was crushed. I think Saturday nights was Saturday's nights was into another orbit. That thing was, I mean, I saw you. I said that was definitely one of my favorite Michael Cole. When he makes contact the way he does, the ball flies. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) listen, when he's on, there's, it's really hard to put into words of how good he is when he really is hot, when he really is on that streak. We saw it in the postseason. We saw it this weekend. He could carry an entire team. That's how good he is. And if you remember when he was on that Marlins team, when he almost went for 60 side home runs, I, I don't think, did the Marlins make the playoffs or they just, no, they, just they just messed up. But he, he carried them the last two months. He literally carried them almost to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So he he's the type of guy where he can literally carry a franchise on his back. And Joe, you are completely right. The ace in the hole, Garrett Cole, did exactly what he needed to do and set the tone on Friday night. I remember we talked about it Friday. We were satisfied if it was just if, if they won two out of three. But the way they and looked like they were going to maybe lose two out of three. But with the way they found ways to win, the, the way they delivered in the clutch, Stan coming up with the huge hits, and to see him 
getting hot with a week left of the season, that's scary for pitching staffs in the AL to see him because we know what Giancarlo can do when he comes to the plate and when he's on. We saw it last year in the postseason. He was the best player on the team. He was the only player that was hitting for the New York Yankees last year. That's what we need again for them to deliver and to get to a, to win another World Series title because we know he's he still could be a top five player when he's healthy. And he's sure well, he is healthy. Well, he's he is healthy. He is healthy. healthy. And that's why I'm saying why he's – that's why he's showing why he is John Carlos Dan. That's why he was an MVP. And that's why he was one of the best players for quite some time. When he's on the field, he's incredible. And to see what he did this weekend, the way that the team bounced back, it was inspiring. It was encouraging. And it was just promising for maybe bigger and better things that are that are coming. Well, let's hope. By the way, if there is a playoff game, and it is at Fenway Park. Nobody would like that more than Giancarlo Stanton. 24 career games. He's got a slash line, 389, 451, 689, six homers, 14 extra base hits, and 22 RBI. He feels very comfortable in Boston. Well, they have a huge series. All this, all of this talk of what they did this weekend in Fenway could be all lost if they don't perform well, just like they did against the Sox, but now you're taking on another team that we've struggled with this year, this season. That's the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's hope for the same results that we saw in Fenway. We're going to be back later in the week. We'll be back on Friday. Huge NFL week. I don't know if you guys know, but there's a little matchup going on in Sunday night football. Maybe it could be the most watched game of the entire season. Mr. Tom Brady returns back to Boston and Foxborough. I got Mac Jones in that one. (laughs) The rematch, not the rematch, but the matchup we've all been wanting to see since Tom Brady left New England and went down to Tampa Bay. Bilicek Brady, we got a nice Monday night game. We'll also be talking about the Giants. I guess we have to talk about the Giants because we are Giant fans. We are from the New York tri-state area. So we have to talk about Big Blue. And we will talk about the New York Yankees finishing up the season against the Tampa Bay Rays. A lot going on coming down to postseason time. We'll be talking all about that. The NFL, a quarter of the way of the season is already in the book, is coming to an end, guys. You believe we're already done four weeks? Well, first of all, don't crazy. Like 17 weeks. We're not even at a quarter, so relax. Don't well, get your well, don't get your panties all in a bunch, okay? That's Listen, a math guy over here. Yeah, Ted's got yeah, take a load of this guy. We'll tell you do back in Boys Town. Now, also, I would like to also do a top 10 list, if we can, our top 10 power We're going to do a power rankings by the end of the week, and we're going to do a top five pasta dishes. Yeah, we're coming back with the food. We haven't talked food for quite in about a month, but we're bringing back top five pasta dishes. Joe, did you do any fairs this weekend? Because I know there's a lot of fairs. Pass on the Biggie, the Durham Fair, the other stuff like no, that. No, Joe stayed in. He didn't want to get COVID. No, I actually went to uh, – I did go to Lime and Orchards for some pumpkins and some peaches. Oh, Nice. <laughs> And some coleslaw too, right? Got to get the coleslaw. They got coleslaw. Well, you get some pumpkin there. spice on it. Didn't even go to pumpkin a spice coleslaw. That actually sounds nice. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we are streaming on all social media platforms. You got some green apples with that. <laughs> I'd do that. I'm sorry, it's not down here. It's not like that down here. You guys are going to enjoy the fall real soon. 
Trev, it's going to be fall tomorrow. It's going to be in the nighttime, 45 degrees. Uh, sucks to suck. Anyways, we are Keys of the City stream on all social media platforms, so comment, like, subscribe, or share. Glorcrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday.